Welcome to the Graceful Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Debick, the founder of Life Coaching with Lauren, a female empowerment coach, an entrepreneur, empath, and a lover of the eco-friendly lifestyle. My mission is to help women take control of their lives by teaching them how to increase their confidence in an authentic and genuine way so they can achieve both personal and professional goals. I will share ways to increase your confidence, tips on how to integrate grace into your life, as well as stories and advice from other experts on how, as women, we can better empower ourselves and those around us. I will show you exactly how to use the power of confidence and grace to create an empowering and invigorating life that you are excited about waking up to every single day. Now, let's dive in. Hello, and thank you for tuning into this month's episode of the Graceful Confidence Podcast. I had a blast interviewing this month's guest. This month's guest talks all about mindset and energy and all about being the best and unique you, being flexible, why it's so important, how to get unstuck, and something that really resonates with me, getting clear with who you are, what it is that you want to achieve, and then most importantly, how you can go about getting those things. So it is my pleasure to introduce Wendy Pasilico. Wendy is an athlete, a coach, a mother, and explorer, and the founder of WP Elite Mindset Coaching in Live Your June. After becoming a professional golfer in her 30s and a single mother through IVF in her 40s, Wendy's life went in a completely new direction, and she came to understand the importance of a flexible mindset, targeted goals, and clarity of self. Drawing upon her background in special education and human development, a lifetime of experience in competitive sports, and the most up-to-date research on high performance, Wendy created her elite mindset coaching program. She learned to embrace transition and trust her intuition in order to transform her life, and she wants to help you, listener, do the same. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Wendy, thank you so much for being here. How are you today? Very good, Lauren. Awesome to be here with you. Can you give the listeners a little bit of background of how you got into this industry and how you got started doing what it is that you do? God, it was it was by fault, I think. Um, so yeah, a little background is I was in the education world after college. Um, I taught in Harlem. And the background of me, I've always been an athlete and I felt like I left a lot on the table and something came up in my 28, 29, where I was given the opportunity to pursue a golf career, which I hated the sport, but that kind of taught me about, um, a lot about myself and a lot about what I think most people neglect is the mindset. And then I played professionally for like seven years. And then I taught in the golf industry for 10 in New York. Um, and then this kind of, it's funny how life evolves in a certain way, but from education, I always knew I wanted to help people. And it's like, how do I get back into that? And so this is where my business has morphed into like mindset and really energy, like we're energy human beings. So I'm really into helping people be the best and unique person that they are. That's awesome. Let's talk about mindset for a few minutes. How can having a flexible mindset benefit someone? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like you, you hear all like growth mindset, fixed mindset, um, but being adaptable, flexible is so important because we are, you know, we. I mean, just think of the last three years that we've gone through this COVID pandemic, and you know, life. There's no guarantees, so there's always going to life is going to be highs, lows, and ebb and flows, and. When you have a mindset that is flexible and 
you're able to kind of adapt when things don't go what you think they're going to go, I think um, really allows for you to grow. And um, I think when we get uh, maybe listeners like you get stuck or you're overwhelmed and you're not flexible, it, it kind of leaves you in this way of feeling like there's no hope. And I think when you can have flexibility, it, it, or I, it also is exploration of the mindset of what's possible. Um, I'm a big believer in that. How would someone go about getting out of that stuck or overwhelmed state? My belief is really getting in touch with who they are. So we can get, um, you know, thinking of, we're in a situation that could be a transition in life, um, maybe divorce, maybe a change in jobs, or maybe um, you lost someone or, um, you know, kids are going off to college. There's so many transitions in life, but I think how you can, when you get in this stuck, overwhelmed feeling, it's going back to you. It's really getting in touch with who you are. What have you done in the past that has made you strong through a transition. And I think, I think that's the biggest thing, and we'll talk about transition probably, but it's really getting clear with who you are. And when I work with any of my clients, that's how, where I start, is getting really clear with what your character strengths are, what your values are, um, and really going back to even like, people that you admire like what makes you attract to them because again and like you and I we do this business but it doesn't mean we think alike what makes you like gravitate to a certain person might be different what I gravitate to so really getting clear with like wow why do I get really excited about being around that person and what are the qualities they have and maybe that will help me move in a direction when I feel overwhelmed so it's really getting clear with who you are and what you love, like what ignites you. Sometimes that sounds so easy to just say, you know, to oh, someone, but yes. it's so hard to do. So if you were to break down the process of, and I love how you said, oh, yeah. getting, getting clear about what ignites you or what excites you, what would you encourage someone to pay attention to? Like just what they spend time doing, thinking about, et cetera. A hundred percent when you meet someone, what's the first thing someone says? Like, what do you do? Like, we're never asked, like, who are you? Like, what makes you tick? So the way my process works is if you can just like, really think of the characters that make you strong. Like when you were at a defining moment or a struggle, how did you get through that? So like, for example, I was 40, wanted six kids, never been married. And here I am at 40. I'm like, what? And when I can go back, look back and go, God, how did I take up this golf, this golf game? I had no clue how to do it. I had no way, no, no direction. Nobody at 29 takes up the golf sport. So I started to learn about what makes me tick when I come across a crossword that is hard. And like, for me, it's like taking that bold action um, for me, it's um, connecting to people that um, that bring me alive, like that get me excited, that support me, even though I don't have the answers. Um, so what is it for you, whoever's listening, what is it that makes you tick when you're like vibrant? 
when when you're in either vibrant or when you're in a struggle, like what makes you fight for something? Um, so the, getting clear on those characteristics in moments of struggle or that bring you alive is so important. So that's number one. And then number two is really getting clear on your values. So sometimes I would say the majority of all of us were born a certain way. We, we have a uniqueness within us, gifts within us. And if you look at any child, I have a nine-year-old, you know, they're, they're all unique and they all come with something and they're vibrant in their own unique way. And somewhere in society, family, we get uh, into this like zone of way of being like, oh, we, we go to college, we get out of college, we get a job. And then all of a sudden we're living, we're doing what we're supposed to. I did it in my twenties. I, I just went down the road where I was supposed to like get a job, get my master's. Now I got to find a man. And what really opened me up in my thirties is like stirring the pot and not doing what was typical, which taught me so much. So if you're getting clear on your values, it's really stepping back. Do I agree with this thing I'm doing? Does this resonate with me? Not my parents, not people that are telling me what to do. Everybody thinks things goes a certain way, but how does it, how is it unique to you? So those are like getting clear on your values. So first is character, then it's values, and then getting really clear with what you want. So once we get those things, getting clear with what you want, and I call it like a declaration, because when like, for instance, like when I was playing golf and I, life is transition, but when I was playing golf, it was like, I want to be on the LPGA and you got to know why you want to do it. The intrinsic motion, um, like just a quick story. When I was playing golf, I was five years in and I was always athletic. So I, 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 my goal was to see what I was potentially capable of doing. And then I went through the second qualifying school for the LPGA that happens once a year on the fifth year I was doing this. And, you know, I moved away from family. It's a big sacrifice. It's investment. And here I was totally failed. Like I went in there thinking I'm ready and I failed for the second time. And I remember like I missed the cut. I'm like five years in, I'm 35, no family. Everybody's getting married, having kids. And I remember going, what the hell? I'm banging my head against the wall. Like why I'm better than this. And uh, this gentleman, I don't know, my friend, because I wouldn't call my coach and I wouldn't call my parents because I was so mortified that I still failed. And I called a friend and she was like, go talk to this doctor. And we did this. He was like, just take this test. So I took this test. I had no idea why. And he it gets on the call after I take the test and he reads the results. Well, he's not reading the results, but he asked me the one question. He said, why do you play the game? Why do you play this game? And no one had ever asked. I never really, you know what I mean? Like I never really uh, had that answer. And what came out of my mouth was, I want to be on a platform to help people or I'm going to meet someone along the way that's going to bring me in a direction to help people in the world. And when I let, when I really connected to that, why, um, it just gave me a different, uh, way to approach what I was doing and, and less pressure actually. So that declaration of knowing what you want and why you do it and connecting to your values and character allows you to define your moves. 
if that makes sense. It's like your direction. So that's really like the core of my, we call it ethos, one of the main like um, staples of Live Your June. So I would imagine after going through this process or talking through this process with a client, it does get to a point where a transition might happen, where someone might say, oh my gosh, I've been doing these things for all these years, but you know, we've gone through it. I've, I've thought about my character. I've thought about my values. I've made my declaration. I need to make a change. How, mm-hmm. how does <laughs> mindset and energy come into those periods of transition of realizing you need to do something different, but actually having the confidence and courage to make it happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you make changes that are big, that you've lived a certain way and then everybody around you only knows you as living that way and you want to make a change, it could be uh, a job change. It could be maybe just taking up something new that a hobby that you, you want and you want to put energy towards that. Maybe it's, I want to shift a relationship that doesn't value me anymore. So if you're listening and like something's triggering you, listen to that inside, that instinct, because those are where the answers are. When I coach, I don't have the answers for any of my clients. I don't. I am just holding the space to stir the pot and get them to think differently that honors who they are. And moxie grit is so important for the mindset because it stretches what we're capable of. So we have to get uncomfortable to grow. And as you know, I mean, it's no fun sometimes to step into that uncomfortable, unknown, there's no guarantees, but that's where the potential comes. It really allows, once you can get clear on your ethos, that next step is, is like, how can I stretch myself? How can I um, have hard conversations? Um, how can I take a little step? Like we're talking big things and maybe it's not a big thing. Maybe it's just, you know, doing some research around something that like is inside of you that you always wanted to do. What are some tactics or techniques that you have found either work for yourself or that you've heard your clients say work for them as they're going through these, these times of transition? In the transition, there's so much unknown, right? Like we're not expecting uh, like a breakup. We're not expecting a, a you know, a divorce or whatever, like things, things take us by surprise sometimes, or maybe it's like me taking up a sport or whatever. We walk into the unknown consciously, but it's scary. Um, so to me, one is self-talk. So our language is so important and, you know, watching, I, I, I watch my daughter who's nine and, you know, they're so innocent and so, um, most young kids are super positive. And then you could see it shift by going to school and who they're around, or even like watching me, you know, like language is so important because that's where the confidence comes. So our self-talk is where your confidence will come. And if your self-talk is, I'm like, I could have easily said when this golf opportunity came, oh, I'm too old. Um, I don't know how but I'm not even good enough. Like, there's no way I can do this at 40 when I had my daughter, same thing. So if you hear yourself saying things that don't empower you, they're disempowering thoughts, notice them and notice and even write them down and be like, how can I empower them? How can I shift those to be empowering thoughts? 
we need thoughts that fuel us. So self-talk is top to me because I was a not, if, if, you, if, I, if anybody was in my brain in my 20s, even all my, for my first 30 years of my life, I was, I never thought I was smart. Like I, I had these reoccurring thoughts and truly they've been put into my noggin because someone said like, oh, she tries hard at school. So in my head, I thought, oh, I'm not smart enough. That's not true. Um, so if you've had reoccurring thoughts, I want you to like whoever's listening to write them down and be like, is this true? And how else can I think this to empower me, to fuel me? So like if I thought I wasn't smart enough to run a business, be like, um, instead of that, I'd say, you know what? Um, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find someone that believes in me that helps me if I have some struggle. There's ways to have different thoughts that empower us to figure it out. I believe anybody can do anything they put their mind to. That's truly what I believe. So self-talk. The other thing I'm a big believer in is surrounding yourself around either like-minded people or people that um, push us. So who we surround ourselves is a huge candidate of how we move forward. So if you're feeling deflated around the people that it doesn't mean they don't love you, it just means you might have to find um, some people that spark you. Um, so example, when I was trying to have a baby on my own at 40, um, I had no husband. I'm one of six. Everybody's married with kids. And you would think my family would have been like, I got you. And they're all lovable people, but they more do the fear where you're like, can she handle it? And, and I had to really be clean with who supported me and who was giving me the energy and who was pulling me down to make me doubt. Um, so if you're doing something or want to do something, go find someone that believes in you, um, sees, sees things that you don't see in yourself. Um, even, even if it's people that you're not personally talking to, get inspired by other people. Go find uh, a coach. Go find an influencer that gives you like, wow, I can, I can do what that, that person's saying. Along the lines of people who either light you up or drain you, how, how important is recognizing energy in all things of life? Uh, it's, you know, I've actually gotten more and more into energy in the last, I mean, I've always been very spiritual, but in the last few years of how important energy is and, and noticing it doesn't even have to be other people involved. Like noticing your own energy, how you wake up in the morning. Do you wake up and like ready for the day? And I believe like you can shift your energy. Um, and I really believe it's through movement, through awareness, intentionality. Um, so one of my elements actually after um, ethos is actually physicality. Physicality of how we, if you look at, go, go to a coffee shop and go get a coffee, and, and look around you, most people aren't alive. Like they're not vibrant. Their hands are in the pocket, they're hunched over, they're in their phone, they're so not present. And I really talk about 
how we ground, you know, our, from our feet up. Um, and it, you know, you could feel if someone is present when they walk in a room. Um, and where are you when it comes to physicality? And it also is with your voice. So I used to, example, it was before I was 30, or maybe even, I would say probably in the last six years, I finally found my voice of confidence. Because for so long, I've learned to play small, I, you know, I don't know. And now, you know what, I'm not willing to do that anymore. And when it's not just, I'm very physical because I'm athletic, but now it comes through my voice, there's a different difference. And you kind of command a room in a very, you don't even have to speak. Like people just notice you. And it, it, it has to come again. It has to come from your own essence of who you are. So it's really getting clear. Some people are more soft and they still have a presence. Some people are a little more um, stronger. It's just like, who are you when you're in your um, strong self physically and with your voice? And how would someone determine what, what that is for them? So you mentioned previously playing small. And I think sometimes females uh, specifically are taught to, to, to play small and uh. not appear, you know, loud, boisterous. You know, there's a bunch of things that go along with that. And that's really what part of this conversation and all the conversations are about is you can be confident, you can be bold, but you can still be that, that graceful mm. presence in the room. Yes, a hundred percent. And I do say, I mean, like what your work, your work is doing with women and like helping them find that voice and, and their uniqueness within themselves is so important because I wasn't told I could be anything I wanted. I wasn't. Um, and it was, I, and I just heard this, I was just with old friends of mine and she had kids late, like I did. And she was like, you know, I was waiting for the guy or, you know, like I, I just ended up like waiting. And, and I don't know why that I, I, I'm really passionate about women and teaching young women to find their own independence and in a way that's like embracing men too. Like to me, it's just like being aware every day of how you, how you hold yourself, how, you know, and notice when you don't like, for instance, if I am doing a video live, I don't like it but why don't I like it? I'm great with you right now. Like what's, what's the problem with me? And there's something subconscious that's holding me back a little bit. Um, so it's just getting aware, you know, and you know, this, like, it's a lot about awareness. Where are you strong? Where do you play small? Why, why would I, why would I be small when I'm talking to my brother? You know, that's, that's just notice when you, when you feel strong and alive and when you don't and like, why would that be? And how can I shift that? Okay. Next time I walk in the room with that person, I'm going to be in tune with my grounding of my, of the floor. I'm going to be in tune with my voice and it's just practice. It's a muscle. It's just like sports, you know? Um, you know, I didn't become good lacrosse player in college or a golfer just because like there's practice. So it's just a muscle. We, we've kind of neglected that muscle of voice of physicality. And now we just have to be aware of it. I'll give you an example. Um, Bo Eason, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he does a lot of storytelling. He's an ex NFL player, became actor, and he's biz, big about physicality. And, and when he taught us this, cause he's an actor, cause you have to be 
physical when you're an actor. You can't come from the head. It has to be, you know, from the whole body. Uh, he would just pick on anybody who put their hands in the pocket. Like, cause it's, it's a, it's kind of like you're apologetic. You're kind of hiding. And it, it's just a trigger. Like notice when you put your hand in a pocket notice when you cross your arms, notice when you cross your legs or are you standing in like power? And, and, and it's just an awareness. It really is an awareness. Like, so today, any of your listeners just notice, when do I put my hands in my pocket? When do I kind of like shrink down? Um, when is it, is it when someone like talks about something I'm not sure about it, you know, like sometimes when I was running my business at the beginning, I was like, I'm a coach, <laughs> you know, like I was like, I was not confident. And so sometimes it just, it takes time. You mentioned the observation in coffee shop, for example, where people are on their phones, they're not paying attention, they're distracted. And we also know how important it is to be aware, number one, of how we hold ourselves, that, that presence we command. How do people make that jump from being distracted, tied up in their phones, worrying about everything else that's going on in the world, you know, all these things I have to do to time out. I need to take control of my time, of my life, of my presence. How, how do they make that jump? I do a masterclass on this. I'm, I'm really passionate about time because I don't think there are people, most of us have a relationship with time. And then all of a sudden something can happen that can like jolt you. And then you're like, oh, I should have, or, you know, I, I happen to be lucky to have a baby at 40. You know, um, the doctor was saying, good luck. Basically, you're not going to be able to. And I got lucky. If you have to have a hard conversation with someone, have it. Like, don't wait. I was, a, I was waiting in life. Like I, I was waiting for the man. I was waiting to have a baby. I was wait, like, I, I still like waiting even to have confidence to do a class, like my own little project that I'm trying to do. Like the, the waiting thing is such a, um, to me, a sign that you're not living in the moment of time. You're, you're hoping something happens instead of creating something to happen. So when it comes to time, to me, number one, you have to know what you want, okay? So if I want to, like, I just did a master class yesterday. If I want to run a 5K, if I want to learn dancing, if I want to start my own business, like these are some examples that popped up yesterday. Um, know what it is, and then then this is where you have to get like, what do you have control over? What don't you have control over? I did that when I played golf, I had to really be clean on that. Like, I don't have control if I, my shot goes off, but I have control over my routine. I have control over how I approach the ball and then I have to let go. And then I have a control of how I handle the post, like post shot routine. So when, so right now, if you wanted to run the 5k, what do you have control over? Even if you don't know how to go somewhere, like if you don't know how to train for it, like what do you have control over? Then it's, to me, it's um, being aligned with what you want, okay? So sometimes we have to get really clear on how we make choices to lead us to the thing we want. So if I say yes to going out last night and I have to work out at 5 a.m., that's not really gonna serve me. So sometimes there's a sacrifice to get the thing you want. 
or you have to say no. It's either yes to something that serves it or no to something that's that's even if even if you really want to go out, maybe don't drink or like be aware of like, okay, this is I'm willing to do this, but it's gonna affect my practice or it's gonna affect the next day to get me where I want to go. The other thing is um I think we are in a distracted, as we know, world. So many things coming at us email, social media, and are we consuming or are we creating? Okay. So, so really notice where is that time? Where is your time? I don't have the stats of this, but even if you spent 30 minutes scrolling on the internet a day, you could actually do, I do have a stat somewhere, but not on me. Um, but if you do the math, I mean, 30 minutes a day times seven, then times four, you figure out, I mean, it's crazy how much time when you really think of that. And does, is that getting you where you want to go? And I'm, I'm not perfect at it. Again, it goes back to awareness. If you can block out the time that you're going to do it, or just put a, put a timer on, I'm only doing it this long, then you have control over your time. If you're just letting time go by and you're, you're just watching TV or just scrolling. And then, I mean, I, we all do it. I mean, we're all, I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect, um, but it's being aware and how you want to use that time. And then I'll, I'll say the last thing when it comes to time, if you just look at like, take a circle and I, I think of four buckets, um, recovery is your sleep, um, self-care, which I know you're big on. Um, we all are um, self-care your work, and then friends and family. So four buckets. If you just did a circle and you figure out how many hours for each of those four buckets that you spend time in, and sometimes those buckets will bleed into, into each other, i.e. my work could easily bleed into me with my daughter. And I think I'm spending time with my daughter, but I'm not really. <laughs> so it's getting clean. Like, how do I want to clean that up? and how, um, what needs a little more attention. So just use like, take one of those buckets and be like, oh, you know what? I want more deeper connection with my family. I'm gonna make sure that even if it's an hour, like I'm gonna make that time completely, no phones and no work. And it's all about family. So taking it in the bucket, I think helps people. And again, life is full of transitions. So it's not always gonna be perfect and it's adjusting. That comes to the flexibility mindset. I'd be interested in your thoughts on this notion of instant gratification, because what I'm hearing you say, it takes work to get from where you are to where you want to go. Mm. However, I have seen and I've heard just from clients and friends and family, you know, we expect things to happen tomorrow. If you want to run mm. a 5K and you've never put on sneakers before, it's probably not going to happen tomorrow. So what, what advice or guidance would you have for people um, about the, the instant gratification and understanding it's going to take time and some persistence and, and grit and moxie, as you said before? A hundred percent. First of all, I think we live in a, and especially the younger generation live in a instant gratification. You know, they don't have to watch commercials. They don't have to like everything's handed to them like this. So they're not, we're not teaching them the grit, the moxie, what thing, the heart, the struggle is part of the growth and anything extraordinary. If you look, if you're inspired by someone, you know, we look at like 
Kobe Bryant, to, you know, people that have made it. And we're like, wow, like, look at what they do. Well, they don't see the 20 years or the 20, I would say anything extraordinary takes 10 to 20 years of hard work and sacrifice. And that's why I talk about declaration and, and that declaration of whatever you choose to me, and you might not know it yet, but you'll find it and it should scare the crap out of you. Like it, it, it should go be like, I don't even know how I want to do it, but something inside of me is telling me to do this. Like, I don't want to speak on stage, but something inside me is telling me to go, like, I'm going to be in front of people on stage. So now I got to walk towards that. And every, because I make that declaration of being a leader, an influencer to help people be their unique selves, to make their imprint in the world. Like, to me, I have such passion around it. Like, you think I... Like there's times I'm up early to do certain things so I can get on a podcast or, um, you know, sometimes I, my daughter and I can't do certain things because I'm, I, I, that thing is so important to me that I have to sacrifice, um, my golf career. Like I had to sacrifice in order to do at 29, take up a sport. Well, if I want to try really give it a good go, which I did, um, they're sacrificing that. So where, where are you willing to sacrifice is huge to get to where you want. I don't care if it's a 5k, there's a sacrifice in there, you know, like you're going to have to train. So then you're going to have to say no to something that you originally used to do just to get yourself to a space that allows you to do the 5k. You've never run before. Okay. What's the sacrifice? The thing is when you're doing something extraordinary, it takes time. It, it, it takes time and sacrifice and grit, like moxie. You're going to fail. I don't even like to use the word failure. It's, 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 you're going to have bumps in the road that are going to teach you and move you in the next direction. Okay. I'll give you a perfect example. I just listened to the women's Duke basketball coach and she said it, you got to um, embrace the struggle. Um, it's it, it, like, forget the phrase, but it was so good. But she was like, it's not, life is not going to get easier. If you're doing something extraordinary, it's not going to get easier, but you got to embrace the struggle, embrace the heart, because that's what life's about. Like, it's about stretching yourself. It's about seeing what you're capable of doing. I got you. Whoever's listening, we inspire you to do this because I, I'm so passionate about people going for things that it's inside of them and it's scary and it's hard, but that's what, that's the magic. I love it. I can feel your energy coming off of the screen and, and it's, it's awesome. There have been so many little nuggets of wisdom that you've shared today that this is fantastic. If someone <laughs> wants to find out more about you or connect with you or work with you in a deeper capacity, where, where should they go? My website's Live Your June. You can email me at Wendy at Live Your June. We didn't really talk about um, what Live Your June means, but um, it's really about living into your own uniqueness and making your imprint in the world for future generations. That's really in a nutshell what it is. Just quickly, my dad's name was Joe Jr. And we used to call him the June and my daughter is Josie June. So it's all about passing to the gener next generation. My website's Live Your June. You can find me on Instagram, Live Your June. Uh, Wendy at Live Your June, and we we do um, 
I have a seven day be intentional challenge. Sometimes I do free master classes around time or transition, but I'm really about corporate athletes, people going for it. Like most of my clients, they already have a, I don't know how to explain it. Like they really want something more in their life. And sometimes you just don't know how to get it and you don't know how to, what the next step is. And you, we all need a coach. I have a coach. I don't know if you have a coach, but like, I I'm always looking for people to help me because I can't see what I can't see. Yeah. So I just help corporate. I help athletes. I help um, anybody that wants more in their life and like wants to connect. There's, there's this connection of who they are. That's awesome. Is there anything else you would like to share or anything else you'd like the listeners to know? I just, I just want to end with like, you know, we are born with a gift and it's our responsibility. It's everyone's responsibility to live into that. I really believe, I I really believe that we all have something to share, you know, in the world. And I just want, that's, that's my mission is to help people live into that. So they leave a bold imprint and um, whether it be a company that leaves a bold imprint or an individual, I mean, the more we are connected to who we are, the better we work, the better we connect in relationships. It's not just about you. It's how it's, it's how it like trickles down to everybody around you and what an influencer you can be because you stepped into your greatness. And that's, that's just my passion. And I know you do great work. So thank you so much for having me on your show. It's amazing what you do. Thank you so much for being here. I, I know I've, I'm walking away with a few things that I'm going to try to do differently. And I, I know my listeners are too. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Lauren.